So, um, as I said, it's uh, it's a real delight to uh, to be here with uh, with Rinpoche. I've been hearing about him for a while, and uh, last year somebody uh, who um, who met who met him, uh, oh, and who had spoken to Jack and uh, said, "Hey, this guy's pretty cool. Uh, you might consider inviting him to." Uh, and French too, you know. Oh. Uh, very cool. Uh, this is the awful part. <laughs> and uh, you might consider inviting him to uh, to Berkeley. And so he was here, and I was while well, I was away, and uh, the reviews were uh, great reviews. And uh, so this time I get to to be uh, with him and meet him and uh, and hear him in person. Uh, and just a little bit uh, about about Rinpoche. So he he's, he was born and raised in France, and at the age of sixteen, started getting interested in uh, Tibetan Buddhism. Um, you say he he found a, a Sanskrit French dictionary, and that's what hooked him. You can go any get into this anywhere. Oh, these are interesting words. Little did he know where it was going to lead to, and he got. Very interested in the practice, uh, and then at the age of twenty, turned out that uh, he didn't re- didn't know it, but he was uh, uh, an uh, an incarnation of um, of a um, previous uh, great Tibetan Lama. That's it's called a tulku, T U L K U, uh, when you're recognized as um, a new an incarnation of. Uh, of a master lineage. Um, imagine that. Imagine somebody telling you at 20, oh, you're not who you think you are. You're, you're the 14th of this lineage. I bow to you. Um, and that kind of uh, changed his life and uh, seemed like they, they uh, picked the right guy. So... Um, <laughs> I, I really don't know about that. So. <laughs> oh, it seems seems that way. Anyway, it's it's a real uh, pleasure to have you here. So please, Rinpoche. It's a real pleasure for me to be here. So uh, hi, everybody. Hope you are well. If not, it's normal. It's samsara. I just wanted to ask you a question. What is that? A snap, yeah. What can be that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's more than a moment. It's the instant, the right instant. And it's exactly where? Here and now. And it's exactly where we have to be. Here, it's not somewhere. And here, it's not the time as well. This is a creation from the consciousness. Space and time. Time and space. I am going there. I need time to reach there. And I need to go. But... When the mind works, 
it doesn't work that way. When the mind works, when the consciousness actually works, it works in this right instant. Now, all the time. So, what is meditation about in our tradition? Because uh, as, um, as a Tibetan Buddhist and Dzogchen practitioner, we acknowledge the fact that all the appearances are kind of, um, you know, a fabrication from the mind. But we, first of all, have to know for sure what is the mind. And the mind, when I look at it, I don't recognize a thing. I mean, I don't see, oh yeah, this is the mind. Where? Where is it? Is it here? Is it there? Do you hold the mind? Do I? I don't know. In fact, I don't know. But what we find with the correct training, with the correct practice, is that everything is here and now. Even when I am wondering, oh, Paris is a so romantic city. <laughs> so this, you know, I am wondering, but this is not the point when you meditate. When you meditate, you can wonder. When you meditate, you can think, you can have sensations, you can have all kinds of perceptions. But the right way to catch what the meditation is about, it's this. Because in this, there is everything, and this everything is nothing. It's nothing because everything is included in this right instant. So in our tradition, in the Dzogchen tradition, we say, relax. Be at ease. You don't have to transform a thing. You don't have to transform what you are thinking of. Why? Do you have any idea? I don't. Please help me. Because when we try to change one thought, it's just too late. The thought already disappeared. Paris is a really romantic city, but Paris is not here. And I am not thinking about that anymore. So, whatever appears in the mind, it's all the time too late to look at it, to recognize it. Why is it too late? Because we try to look at 
a thing, at an object. It's an object of the mind. It was created by the mind. The last time, I don't know if you remember, uh, I don't, uh, we were talking about objects. These objects, whatever objects it is, it's not here. It's here, first of all, not exist. Why? This is a cup. But this cup needs me to exist in my mind. It means that this cup doesn't exist in itself. Its true existence is empty. It needs a subject to recognize the object. So, I am the one who can create objects, who can shape the reality, who can define the reality as my reality. What Buddha taught is that the reality in itself is not real. It needs me. It needs someone. It needs a subject to define this reality. So why in the Dzogchen tradition we say relax? Because everything comes from me. And with the problem of the impermanence. If I try to walk on this reality, it doesn't work. It, mean, it means that I won't never be able to change this reality because it's my own creation. And my own creation doesn't exist here. It exists in the relation between me, the subject, and the object. So we say in this tradition that there is three agents for the consciousness to um, define this reality. A subject, an object, and the way to define the object. So this reality is uh, a self-created reality. This self-created reality uh, can be changed because the re this reality is mine. It cannot be changed only in these objects. The only way um, you know, to change the vision of the reality is just to turn over, to just see whatever is here, here and now. Because we are all the time trapped, you know, and jailed by the fact that we really think everything here exists and exists by itself. This cup there is water inside, and the water 
give me some sensations. It's refreshing. But all this is a matter of interactions. Not only a matter of outside objects, inside subjects. So why we say in this tradition, be at ease? Because with the correct training, this water can be wine. Not inside the cup, but in my reality. I'm not saying that, you know, I will think again and again and again, water is wine, water is wine, water is wine, and Paris is a really romantic city, water is wine, water is wine. <laughs> no, this, this definitely doesn't work. It's not possible. Because the thoughts are also objects of the mind. So, what do we have to do? Um, I mean, if we are the ones who create our reality, it means that we create as well our idea of suffering and our idea of happiness. If we try to train like this, be at ease, and let everything be. Then, after maybe a little or a longer while, we will see that everything in our minds, uh, in the idea we have of the suffering, everything just connects to one point. Do you know which one? It's not Paris. The present. Mm -hmm. All our suffering, all our ideas of suffering are connected to one thing. And Buddha was really clear about that. death and impermanence. In fact, he said in the Abhidharma that death, death is not just about death. When we think about death, uh, usually there is an idea of fear. But for the Buddha, fear never exists. In fact, it's not the fear itself that is working. It's not our fear. It's more about ignorance. And this is why he said the root of all the suffering is ignorance. Because what is our problem? We don't know about death. We don't know what will happen at that time. We can have an idea, you know. Oh yeah, death will be so great. There will be oh, a lot of light everywhere. 
and I will go to Paris. <laughs> But this is just idea. This is just thoughts. Is it the reality? We have to say we truly don't know. So we have to remember in our tradition what our forefathers said. Be at ease and relaxed. When you are like this, you have more space in your mind. If you are more space, if everything is more spacious, then what happens? We don't have mm, at least less um, occasions to grasp To just hold. To just think. Oh, no, I don't want to suffer. I don't want. Ah, I don't want to die. When there is much more space, then it opens. It, you don't know what is it, but it opens. And then when it opens, you see a lot more things than usual. I mean, when you are like this, you just see this. But when you take really more space, what happens? Then there is not only this, there is all this. And then you realize at that point that Death, or the idea of death, is just one point amongst the others. And you realize that, oh, okay, but if it's this, it cannot be death. It's a thought, it's an idea, it's, it's a sensation, it's a feeling. But is it death itself? No. I don't think so. So what is it? The more you open and the more you you just feel that it's just not empty. You know, everything is full of what you can call life. You know, it's pulsating. I don't know if my accent is right, but it's okay. Oh, thank you. And this pulsation is really connected to this space you can now see. But this pulsation, after a while, you realize that it's not here. Not here. It's Something that pulsates in between. It's like, you know, and it's the same here. Then it's the time you ask yourself, where am I? What am I? What happens? I am lost. I feel something here and it's here. What happens? 
And it's the right point, actually. The true point that you start to realize what you truly are, what is really you. You, it's not here. Me, you, uh, same. It's not that. That is compounded things. Like this. So where am, where am I? Neither there nor here. Here. Just here. And when you remain like this, that is then you can feel the pulsation of the reality not the objects you know not the reality of the objects not the reality of the subject not the reality of the way to define things but this. And this is nowhere than here and now. So this is what in our tradition meditation is about. It's not about, how can I say, reaching a better self. In all my training, and I spent a lot of time in the caves, in Tibetan caves and in French caves as well, not in Paris. <laughs> then what I really mm, saw, what I really experienced is that whenever I think I exists and I am the one who experienced then this pulsation never appears I mean it's hidden it's just like you know I am blind and I don't see this reality because I just put my reality on it and that's it and I don't let a chance to this reality to just appear itself. So it's not really about letting go, but it's more being relaxed because whatever I will produce or whatever I will do will be all the time the same, an illusion, something that, you know, I just paint, I, I am just drawing this reality on an empty surface. And if one day I just leave this surface empty, what happens? Then suddenly things are much, much more spacious. And I can see that 
Paris is here as well as us. This space and everything else. We say in our tradition that we cannot cannot change ourselves. We just realize that ourselves are really, really, really more than what we think about. So, Buddha used to say that there is two wills that um, lead us to ignorance. To the ignorance, it's you know the thoughts and the emotions. But they are not negative on themselves, by themselves. Because by themselves, they don't exist. They just exist if we want to exist. And this existence we want to have is all the time... mm, going through the same uh, um, system. It's going through this. What we call our body. But our body is first of all sensations. You know, when I am angry, then where where do I feel this anger? Here. Here or here as well. Somewhere here. We need a basis. We need something to experience emotion. And this basis usually are the sensations of the body. So from the sensations we create something that is called emotion. For example, uh, a sensation of love, especially in Paris. You have this kind of really, I don't know, warm feeling, you know, that opens up the space. And whenever there is something that is, I don't know, hitting this love you experience, then everything just shrink again. And it's painful. But you all the time experience this according to the sensations, on sensations basis. So emotions are not emotions by themselves. They are linked to a process. If the emotions are, you know, uh, built this way, then the thoughts are built exactly the same way. And then, remember, when you reach that point, that you feel these pulsations, you know, of the reality, then all this disappear. All the thoughts, all the emotions, 
all these ordinary sensations. Why? Why? Why suddenly all this vanished? There is nothing, you know, they are built on. Exactly. This is why we say on themselves, they are empty, completely empty. And usually there is another, another thing, you know, in this process. When you reach that point, maybe we can experience as well some, maybe a giant fear because it's empty and if it's empty then what do we think of at that time usually it's I don't exist I am nothing but this is also a trick to think I am nothing you know, seeing what emptiness is. This is also a trick. So you just realize that our consciousness goes from illusion to illusion. So this is why in our tradition we say, relax. Be at ease. Illusion, illusion, illusion. Okay, illusion. And so... Nothing. So, if my life is based on illusion, built on illusion, then what about my death? Same, same. Because at that point I wonder, mm, how can death exist? in itself, if everything else doesn't. So then, I ask myself, okay, what is death then? I don't know. <laughs> so, if I, you know, if I just don't know what is death about. Then I just have to be relaxed. One day I will know for sure. But maybe with the correct training, this day might be sooner than I think. And do you know why? Not a lot of people, though, knows that. But it's not a scoop. Huh? It's not really big news. Because when you meditate, what happens? Consciousness slowly absorbs in itself. There is the mental consciousness. Oh, Paris is a really wonderful city and really romantic and I want to be there and, and maybe and blah, blah, blah. This is just uh, the ordinary aspect of the consciousness. 
This is the outer consciousness. This is mental consciousness. It's just a part of the consciousness. When you start meditating, there is, we say, there is two ways. You just absorb. You know, you go on samadhi. The consciousness absorbs in itself. If it's recognized, I mean, if this absorption is recognized, then you know the path. Then you know the way to free the mind. If it's not recognized, do you know what happened? But usually it's the same process. You know, when the consciousness just goes to sleep, it's a kind of absorption as well. But it's not recognized. So if it's not recognized, we are not conscious that there is a process going on. And why I started by this because here it's the same process from a thought to another one there is really what we can call micro dissolution of the consciousness the thought disappear then there is an absorption of the consciousness. And then again, the consciousness rises. So, we say in our tradition, when we meditate, uh, I am the one who say that, not my masters, uh, we speed up. We speed up and we are able to recognize all these absorptions all the time. So whenever we are at ease and whenever we are relaxed and focusing directly on the point here and now we are able with a training to recognize this movement of the consciousness. And this movement of the consciousness is so linked to the movements that leads the consciousness to the death. If we are able to recognize that during our lifetime, then we have a chance, a big chance, to recognize it at the real moment of our death. And in our tradition we say that this pulsating, vivid, bright, and empty nature of the mind is recognized at once, at this true moment, the real moment of life. So, 
if tonight I have to give you just one advice. Whatever you think, whatever you experience in your life, you will die. No matter you try to escape it, you will die. Because we all die. But as we don't know what death is really, then relax and be at ease. When you do that, you see that at this right instant, there is everything. You don't need something else. Here is death and here is life. And you really recognize that death and life are nothing more than their true nature. Space. The real space. And this bright light pulsating. In our tradition we say don't be afraid. There is nothing to be afraid of. Why? Because the stars and us we are exactly the same. This is the natural the natural movement of the reality. It's time for a question, I know. Okay. I'm not quite sure how to formulate this question, so please bear with me. But I've noticed that as a Western woman, I have a certain relationship to the self. And I've also noticed that the self-referencing with me at the center of it causes a great deal of suffering and I'm curious how you practice with a self in the Western world once you have uh, knowledge like this. What, what is the appropriate way to be in the world? Actually, um, the self is not the problem. You know, being in the world... Um, having, you know, all kinds of activities. Um, this is not the problem. The problem is if you really think that, uh, you know, this self is existing by itself. It means that uh, usually we have a really strong idea about what we are. And, you know, as you say, 
you are a woman and you are a Westerner and blah, blah, blah. This define what we think we are. Um, in, in our uh, civilization, in the Western civilization, uh, first of all, we define ourselves by the movements we uh, we have with outside. I mean, with the over, with the others. You know, usually the others define you know our uh, relationship to the world, and uh, uh, this emphasizes the fact that the the self is our self. It means that, you know, if one day I come to you, I am a really, I am a really uh, great friend of yours, and I come to you and I say, oh, you are such a poop. <laughs> then what will happen? Then you will think, oh, this is not right, you know. She is my friend, and you know she has this oh this really hard world on me, and then uh you start thinking, "Oh, it's not right, it's not true, or maybe it's true, I am not like this, and I am like this, so all the problem is not you know being myself in this uh society and practicing a way to do not be yourself. <laughs> it's not that way. It's, you know, the practice is based on to determining what really is the self and what the self is based on. Uh, slowly, because usually it's a slow process. We need time. We need really a lot of time to acknowledge what we really are. Um, we discover that the self doesn't exist here, there, blah, blah, blah. It's just um, a daily creation all the time. But in the end, it's not a problem, actually, to be what we are and to practice meditation, for example, that uh, just lead us to recognize that the self is not myself. Slowly we integrate, and this is the point. We won't never be able to uh, just recognize what the self is in, you know, like this. But we will just recognize slowly, step by step, what is the real nature of the self. So we just integrate in our experiences in our daily experiences, in our daily activities. So, in the end, there is absolutely no problem. You know, when you are ready to see and to, to just um, push the meditation more in terms of um, recognizing our real nature, then you just give up in your all your ideas about yourself and you just be you just you know are you are just um acting naturally
spontaneously. Not in a crazy manner, but spontaneously means that usually there is the right thing you do, the right thing at the right instant. And then when you start acting like this, then everything flows. And you <laughs> you don't ask anymore yourself what you are and what you have to be in this society, in this Western world and as a woman. It means that with this training, you free yourself. You free yourself from what you think about yourself and what the others tell you you have to be that way or this way or blah, blah, blah. Um, all this problem is not about being, you know, this or that. All this is based on to recognizing what is our real nature and accordingly we act the same way spontaneously in fact there is no answer no direct answer to your question because you know self the self myself yourself doesn't exist in itself but you just recognize it slowly and step by step and then you don't try to be you just are you know in our tradition we say okay you die and then after do you know that you will be a woman Are you asking me? <laughs> no, it's a rhetorical <laughs> question. <laughs> then after, we just don't know. Um, in this tradition, everything is about uh, trying to get to the experience. So in the end, we experience for sure what death is about. And this is why we go on, on such, I don't know if I should say, hard training. But in the end, when you do a retreat of maybe one year, two years, three years, then you have a really big experience on, on death, on what is death, really. And whatever you were thinking about what you are, you know, woman living in, in America and blah, blah, blah. All these disappear. And then you don't try to act. You really act. This is the difference. So as um, you know, everybody cannot go to a retreat and for a long time. Then it happens step by step, slowly. If you if you can keep you know meditation a daily meditation for <laughs> as long as you can <laughs> then 
you you really slowly have the habit to do not define yourself but to see all the time what is the self and then what happens is that this meditation process is spreading to all your uh, activities in your life and then you are just natural whatever you do wherever you are and you don't ask any more question to yourself because there is no self thank you you're welcome What do you think the point is of um, this identification, this uh, mind that um, has us identify with or create a self? I mean, why can't we just not, I mean, why can't we, why are we here? What is the point of this journey? I mean, why, I mean, I mean, why can't we just leapfrog into amoeba hood and just be up there, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, what is the point? Okay. I, I mean, um, if you are logical, you ask yourself this question. Why it's like this and not like that? Uh, if you want a traditional answer, then Buddha said it's karma. You know, it's all your previous activities. By uh, the mind, the speech and the body. That created the way you define now your, you know, yourself and your reality. And uh, these karmic deeds lead all the time the consciousness to rebuild an identity that is the same according to um, our grasping experience of the body. So this identity is scaled you know to this body and this body is scaled to the earthen reality the reality of earth and then this is our world but whenever the consciousness um, loses its uh, its support life support during the death process then uh, everything changes because this identification process disappears. So the only way, in fact, we can recognize this identification process and what is, what is it really exactly, then it's again through the meditation to recognize all this uh, absorption uh, process of the consciousness. And then what we realize is that our, you know, karmic deeds uh, that define what we think we are nowadays are just illusory. So, why we are like this and not like that, and not like that, sorry? Maybe we were, but we don't remember. And we cannot know unless we reach that point.
So usually we say it's it's a false question because maybe we were everything. So embodiment is um, paying back our debts. Um, and that, that has punishment associated with it for me. No. And the karma has, is, is punitive. No. Okay. Not in this way and, and surely not in the mind of, of the Buddha. Because punishment, um, it's not about karma. Karma is just a process. And this process um, entangles the consciousness to ignorance. Punishment, the idea of punishment, comes from ignorance. But the main point here is that uh, if you see it as a punishment, you won't be able to um, just take these experiences of the body and the mind to just recognize what is the real nature of yourself. So, whenever you see it as a negative way to be, you just miss the chance to recognize, you know, to use that tool to recognize the real nature of the reality and the mind. So, it's just this process that we have to forget. And then, when we forget it, when we relax, we just train to go to the point and then we see so it's evolutionary and yeah it is it's gradual for sure mm-hmm. I'm afraid he's finished <laughs> yeah we, I don't know if you if you can stay if you'd like for a few moments uh, let's let's close formally uh, I want to Thank you very much for thank you so much your sharing from emptiness <clears throat> so just as you're uh, as you're sitting here as Rinpoche has been saying just relax let go of trying to figure anything out and simply uh, feel life as it moves through this form called you. And uh, allow yourself to be touched by that mystery, consciousness knowing itself. and appreciating the gift that this form has been given, wishing happiness to yourself. May I, this body-mind, awaken to its true nature and share all the love flowing through
May all beings see through their confusion and fear to awaken to their true nature. Be liberated from suffering. Express their love well. May our coming here together be a benefit to ourselves, everyone in our lives, and ripple out to be a benefit to all beings everywhere. May all beings open, awaken to happiness and peace. So thank you very much for coming. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Hope to see you soon. Till the next time. Have a good week. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.